the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur Podcast. We're all about delivering great content, thoughtful discussions, and tips and tricks to help you truly get the most out of your life and business. And here's your charismatic host, me, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to the show. It's your host, Matt Browning. This is a big show. This is a bomber show. This is part two, part two of our top 10 strategies to make money and take advantage of the holiday season. Now, if you're new to the show and you haven't listened to this yet, uh, we set it up last week. So I did a, a this is obviously a two-parter. Uh, last week, every Tuesday, I do a Teaching Tuesday. And last Tuesday was the top 10 strategies to make money during the holidays. In my industry, I'm a speaker, a coach, consultant, author, uh, entrepreneur, uh, whatever you want, all, you know, those, the expert industry, all, whatever you want to call it in my space and also in the service provider industry. So a lot of uh, CPAs, massage therapists, uh, a lot of that, 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 that world, whenever you're doing some kind of a service or a consulting type business, very often November, December roll around and, and times are a little bit more lean. So if I look back in my, in my past several years in business, uh, in the past, well, you know, even in the mortgage business as well from uh, years ago. So I've been an entrepreneur, entrepreneur for 16 years and looking back every December is usually one of the lowest months of the entire year. Uh, November is usually right up there. And then there's different months. It depends on what's going on for the year, but November, December are tough realistically. Cause in the United States, you have a week to two weeks ish that are gone in November. So the last two weeks in November, people have a tough time deciding things and purchasing things. And there's a lot of, Hey, let me get back to you, you know, in a couple of weeks after the relatives are out of the house. And then December, you got maybe a week or two early December, maybe, you know, that people are kind of in the mindset of progress and hiring and moving forward. But after that, you know, the next two, three weeks are pretty much gone. And, you know, you got uh, my birthday, obviously, December 18th. So who works on my birthday? Nobody. That's the week before Christmas. Uh, don't you all take Mattapalooza off week? I mean, that's what I do. Anyway, so the week of my birthday and then the week of Christmas. But realistically, the week before Christmas, no one's working anyway. So how do you take advantage of that time? Last week, we talked about how do you make money during that time? And I shared some bomber, bomber ideas Go download the archive last uh, last week if you haven't already. I talked about, well, you know what? Listen to it and you'll get those five bomber ideas. Um, a couple of those are just really, really good, especially the charity partner concept. Ugh, genius. I've done it for years and it works so well. So listen to that. If you've already listened to it, let's catch up and get moving on the next part. So these, I don't know if you want to call last one six through 10, and this will be one through five. Maybe last week was one through five. This is six through six through ten. I don't know. Let's call it part one and part two. So this is part two of the next five. Now these five are a little bit different in in context. I separated them this way. The first five were about generating new income, new cash in the door. The next five this week are about adding value or taking advantage of the time that will add more uh, revenue, whether it's now or whether it's down the road, but it might not be right away. So here's a few things you can do. Number one, number one, fulfillment events and programs. So if you're like me and you have, uh, maybe you have live seminars or workshops or you have what I call my events and my programs, two different types of events, two different types of programs. 
One I call enrollment programs. So this would be when you're enrolling people into working with you. So if you're a chiropractor, you're doing more of these kind of uh, lunch and learns or uh, bring a friend to a seminar in the evening at your office, and that's where you're meeting new clients. So you do a lot of those kind of throughout the year. Those are the enrollment events, or I do uh, one day or evening or, or weekend seminars, or really more of enrollment events where there's a lot of value, it's packed in for a day or three days, but the purpose of those is to get people to, to understand how good it is, to get some value from it, and then make a decision of, hey, do I want to go further down this track and learn more about whatever the subject is, or do I want to hire this coach, or whatever, you know, again, your program is. So the enrollment events. If you're a speaker like me, the enrollment events work really, really well, really well earlier in the year. 10 months out of the year, brilliant. We could have a debate about you know uh, summer events and things like that, and maybe, uh, maybe another episode we'll talk specifically about speaker and speaker events, but for right now, I'm assuming that you have some kind of uh, event or even if it's consulting calls or marketing strategies or you're flyering the neighborhood or you're cold calling, whatever it is, the point is you have enrollment type activities. The second activity is fulfillment type activities. Basically, this is once they've bought something from you, this is now what you're giving them. So if you're doing events especially, oh, people make this mistake a lot. They put events in the wrong timing. And what happens is if you don't plan your year right, you should start planning 2019. Uh, as I'm recording this, it's the very end of 2018, November. You should start recording, or recording, you should start preparing 2019's calendar right away. So my whole 2019 year is all laid out for our events and everything else for the entire year, and even into a little bit of 2020. So I like to go about 18 months in advance whenever possible. So if you're looking at your whole year, one of the things I do is I always put an enrollment event in January. And I do that because I know that after the slower times in the holidays, we're going to want a little bit of a, a revenue boost. So we're going to do some marketing efforts early in the year. But then I have some things, you know, some events, like I have one of our events we just finished called NLP Coaching Mastery. Coaching Mastery is a six-day fulfillment event as part of our NLP Mastery year-long program. When people enroll in a year-long program, there's coaching and there's training all throughout the year, but then we do a couple of these really big six-day deep-dive intensives. One of them I do halfway through the year, but the other one I strategically put not in October, but in November. And in fact, I've even done, a, a, I do a lot of enroll, uh, sorry, enrollment, I do a lot of the fulfillment events in December too. So put the events that don't need a bunch of sale boosts in it, put those fulfillment events where, where this is just, hey, you already bought it, you need to now come to it. Put those in the first two weeks of November or the first two weeks of December. Why? Well, again, an enrollment event, they don't know you that well. Someone, you know, that they don't they don't know your company that well. They're not your raving fan yet. So there's a lot of reschedules that happen. You know, someone goes, oh, yeah, it's December 10th. And you know what? Uh, when are you doing the event again? And they try to re, you know, they try to move the registration to March or something because they're busy. They get overwhelmed with the holidays. But if it's something they've already paid for, especially if they've invested a high, uh, a high dollar amount, then I don't care if it's November, it's December, I don't care if it's Christmas, just about, they're probably going to show up and they're probably going to come to the event. So take advantage of the holiday season. Again, not right at the holidays. I, I break up November and December by the first half and the second half. I think the first half of November and the first half of December are game, open business months, uh, time periods. 
The second half of December, the second two weeks, and the second two weeks of November are super off. Do not do those. Now, this is also speaking American. Um, if you are not in the United States, then you don't care about Thanksgiving and you don't care about November. You're all good for November. So like my friends in Australia and the UK, what you guys can do is, of course, you can use the whole month of November and even potentially the first week or so of December. The problem is, though, in America, we have we have Thanksgiving and then we have a few weeks and then we have Christmas and then we have New Year's and it's all kind of uh, bundled together. So basically, most American business people, we sort of shut off come you know the third week in November and then we coast through and there's a little bit you can do early December but then after that you're off but here's what's great about the United States January 1st nobody works everybody's off as New Year's January 2nd dude we're back we are back and we are bad um credit card bills are to be paid for Christmas and work is back and like it's so weird but everyone gets right back in the swing of of life and their heads come back you know down into the earth, into reality again by January 2nd. That's not like that everywhere else. So like if you're spending time, if you're down in Australia, listen to this, and we have some listeners in Australia. So g'day, mate. How are you? I mean, how you going? How you going? Man, I haven't been there for a while. But if you're in Australia, your time period is more like you're going to take most of December off or at least the last two to three weeks. And then here's the trick though. Your downtime is going to be at least half of December or more. And then all of January and then usually half of February. There's actually a ton of businesses that will shut down for that whole season because that's, think about it, it's it's your winter break, it's your Christmas break, it's your New Year's, and it's summer vacation kind of all rolled into one because it's you know hot in December, January. So if you're listening in Australia, consider the, the last two to three weeks in December, all of January, and then two, th- uh, two weeks in February. Don't really do any new enrollment events until the third week in February. Like that's where you're at. So again, what's the whole point of this? This entire episode and last episode is about if you have this downtime, use it, be effective. So put your fulfillment events. When I was doing events in Australia, I would put a ton of fulfillment, deep dive, high investment events um, and coaching times and whatnot available January, early February. And why? Because people were willing to do it because it was something they already invested in. But when I tried to do an enrollment event, like a brand new, hey, come check us out, nobody came early because they're all on summer break. So that's strategy number one in our two-part series. Do your fulfillment stuff during the downtime and do your enrollment stuff after and plan that way so you're already dialed in. All right, number two. Strategy number two is use the downtime for vision days and team days. So I've been doing this this way for a while. Somewhere, usually in December, I'm going to spend at least a day or a couple of days or even you might like the idea of doing a little mini retreat for yourself. If, as a business owner, go away. Take a day or two or three. Or, you know, take uh, the, the entire morning for an entire week. You know, like the week before Christmas, every morning from 9 to 12 or something. This is just your special time. Because what happens is, again, business is going to be slower. Even fulfillment stuff, people aren't going to want to fulfill and do a lot of stuff in those last two weeks. Um, they're not going to want to schedule their coaching calls. They're going to say, yeah, let me schedule after the first. So take the time to spend a whole day just visioning, you know, whether you're, uh, you're praying or you're meditating or you're journaling, whatever your, your habit or your system is. Um, take some time and just sit and just vision out what does my next year look like? Do I need to make any major changes in the business and my vision and my, and my theme? Um, am I still about the things I was about last year? Because if you're not about this year, the things you were about last year, your business is going to struggle. 
So some of the vision I've been putting out, and you're going to hear more about this uh, as, as time rolls on, as the new year comes out, but I'm, I've been launching slowly and quietly. I've been launching some new programs throughout the latter half of this year. I've been doing some beta tests on some things, and I'm, I'm getting excited about you know some tweaking of the vision. We're still all about you know doing NLP and neuro-linguistic programming. We're all about doing speaking and doing the workshops. But, you know, I've been taking the time to vision uh, during this downtime as it's coming in. And with the move to Grand Rapids from California, um, spending more time with my family is becoming important. So I'm looking at, hey, what else can we bring into the world that adds value but in a different lifestyle-friendly way? So take some time to vision for yourself. The second part of that is consider a team day. So if you have a team of one or you have 32 employees or you're like a Tim Ferriss and you have, you know, 500 contractors and no employees or whatever your background is, whatever your structure is. For me, um, we have, I have a couple full-time people in the office who are employees and probably depending on the day and time, you know, four or five or six uh, independent contractors that are either part-time or full-time. We have some coaches, I have a, a speaker trainer, an assistant trainer. We have four coaches on staff and then with some people in the office. So it's not a huge team, but, you know, I think last time, what did we do? It was, it was December or January. So somewhere towards the end of the year in the downtime, we'll pick a, a team day. So we've done really fun things like, you know, it doesn't have to be huge. Uh, one time I, we took everybody out to a uh, Mighty Ducks game. So we went to a Ducks game at the Anaheim Pond and it was just a blast. You know, there, I think there was nine or ten of us and, you know, we got some good seats. We're out there watching the hockey game. I went and got matching beanies, you know, black and orange beanies for everybody. And that was fun. And we're just, you know, hanging out and just, hey, come out to a hockey game. Another time, we went and watched the Angels because they're, you know, in Orange County. So we went and saw a baseball game and everyone got, you know, drinks and hot dogs. And it was just kind of like, it was just a fun day to celebrate the team and just hang out and not do work together. And it also shows the people you're working with that you actually care about them and you're willing to hang out with them. And I promise you, like, the the cost and investment you put into a team day will come back to you many fold just through the, the subconscious desire that someone has to say, you know what, if you're taking care of me, I'm taking care of you. I'm glad people want to be appreciated. And, and people today, especially, I mean, ask anyone on, on, uh, on the evolution team with me. It's like people, they, they want to know that they're a valuable part of a team. So go do something team wise. Another time, just I'm just throwing some examples out. You can do a bunch of stuff. We did an end-of-the-year go-kart racing uh, day. We just had a holiday party, and I rented out the room. We got uh, we did three races. Um, it doesn't matter who won. I, I don't – I mean, I, I got a trophy. I, I may have been the first place, but, you know, that's not important. It's not important who won. The important thing is I kicked Jeremy's butt. No, no, that wasn't the point. Sorry, buddy. The point is, <laughs> we did a go-kart racing day, and it was a blast. And we all, you know, we got Instagram pictures, and we got, you know, all our helmets on and everything. And then we rented the room, and it had, um, we had like a cake, because it was kind of my birthday slash holiday party. And then, you know, we spent some time, and we celebrated, we gave gifts to everybody. But then we also spent a good hour or two, and I shared some vision for the next year, and where we were. I shared the numbers, and like what we've done over the last year, and then what our plan is for next year. And again, it's a really great time to get everyone involved in your company together and share a collective vision, especially if you have um, virtual assistants, outsourcers. I realize that if people are, are living far away from you, it's pretty tough to get everyone together. But at the minimum, I mean, you could even, you could say, hey, we're going to do a Zoom room um, virtual retreat. 
we're going to do a team day and we're going to spend three hours or four hours today and just have your have your video on and you know grab a drink grab some food hang out with us and we're everyone have their laptops open and we're just gonna we're gonna celebrate each other maybe you tell a story about each person um you can send them uh, money or a gift or something on Amazon. That was a cool idea. If you, if you have, how about this? You get a team that's all over the place. You use Amazon. You you send each person a really cool holiday gift, and you know it's wrapped and everything. Right? You have Am- you pay five bucks and you have Amazon wrap it and then drop ship it to their house, and then you tell everyone don't open it until team day. And then you do a virtual Zoom room where you have a video conference and you have whatever six of you all on together. Everyone can see everybody's you know um, uh, camera. And then at some point, you know, you celebrate the people, you thank them for everything that's been going on, uh, and then everyone can open up their uh, everyone can open up their their present on the conference call, and everyone can see what it is. And then again, you can spend some time and share some vision. Maybe you want to share your numbers. Maybe you want to share your your growth that you've that they've all helped you achieve. So then again, team day, vision day. That's some of the time. Use use the downtime. Instead of being worried about, I don't have enough money because the, the month is low, plan for it and do, do some heavier enrollment and sales up front in you know, September, October, early November, and then spend the less, next part of the year doing some things that are giving back to your company. All right, number three. Number three, this is similar but different. This is just for you. I, uh, I love doing this. Uh, I don't do it often enough, and I'm sure most business owners don't do it often enough. Do a P&L review. Um, make a chart and make new plans. So here's specifically what I mean. Sit down for at least a few hours. Pull out your entire profit and loss. Um, if you use a CRM, like a, a customer relation management software, like um, Salesforce or Infusionsoft or something, it's really easy. You can just start running reports. So take some time and run some reports and run. This is so fascinating, though. Whatever you think is making you the most revenue and is the 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 um, the golden goose of your business may or may not actually be that. So as you look at it, look at how much revenue actually came in from each different product and look at it over the course of an entire year. I do this with revenue and products and income. And then I flip around and I do it with expenses. And you'll look at expenses and all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, why is my software cost so high? Or why is my oh, my Facebook advertising was this, or it wasn't enough, or my sponsorship uh, advertising was higher. And then you can look at the income that came from there, and it's just kind of that nice time. The end of the year, do some, you know, you hopefully check in monthly and, and throughout and everything, but especially at the end of the year, if you don't already, take the time to check in and really do, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like a quality assessment, you know? Uh, an inventory and say, is this, do I still need to do these? I have made so many changes in our business because I've looked at that. Here's one thing we did, just to give you a couple examples. One of them was in our old office space that we moved about two and a half years ago. And I was in this last office for about six years uh, in Santa Ana, Orange County, California. And we started renting out the space to friends. And it was like, you know, we rented out for 75 bucks for an evening, $150 $150 for a day. It was a really good deal. And we had a kitchen and a coffee room. It fit about 50 people max. And it was just, it was a great space. And PA system was set up and projector was set up. And it was really just ready to run a workshop. So a lot of my friends and other speakers were like, hey, I want to use it too. So I thought, oh, no problem. But pretty soon we were like, man, this is getting kind of busy. So we started on purpose, 
you know, offering it to people and we started, you know, making money from it. And then I started selling packages of like, you could get a, uh, like a 10 pack, uh, 10 evenings or 10 individual days and you get a discount and you know, Hey, now someone's paying whatever the price was, say $1,800. And now, you know, Hey, this is revenue. This is helpful. At the end of the year, what happened is now we had a system and a whole binder and we had um, probably 20 different people that were clients that were renting out the rooms and our coffee expense went way up and our cleaning bill went way up and we were focused on it. We were selling pro packages and there was a lot of management. Um, people were calling, you know, the office manager at the time, hey, the internet went down or this happened or there's a water stain or I got locked out or, you know, whatever it is, right? There was just management that goes along with it. And at the end of the year, and this may sound amazing or terrible to you, I don't know, but to me and where our revenue was at the time, we had made, let me get the number right, because I don't want to, let's see, we were probably doing 2%. <laughs> so I looked at how much income we had earned from the rental, and it was about 2% of the entire gross revenue for the year. Two! Now, was it a substantial amount of money? It, it was. Like, you know, I, if someone gave me an envelope with all of that cash right now, I wouldn't turn it away. It was, it was great to have. But I made the decision at the end of the year at one of these these vision days, or sorry, the 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 PNL review days, and I said, you know, is this really worth it? All of the, you know, it subsidized our rent by X amount, but the reality was it was two percent of our revenue, and I thought, gosh, it actually added up to about one mid to high level program. So I said, so you're, t I'm telling myself right now. I said, Matt, you're telling me if I just instead of focusing on the cleaning bills and the supplies and the coffee and you know um, all of the communication with with all with twenty different people renting the room at all these different times. If instead of all that throughout the entire year, and my office manager was spending more time like working with these quote unquote clients, and they're great people, and a lot of them are friends of mine, right? So I'm not I'm not ragging on it. It was great. It was phenomenal. It helped pay, pay our rent. But I just thought, wait, are you telling me that all the the time and the effort and the energy we're putting into this? If I just sold one more medium to high-end program to one client the whole year, I'd make the same amount of money. Right then and there, I decided to drop it. So I said, you know what? We're no longer going to rent our, our office space out. So in my new space two and a half years ago, we stopped doing that per diem a rental. Now, I have a couple of people who do an office share with me that are part of the team. They pay a monthly uh, rental rate to help share, and then they just have full access to utilize the office space along with us, the podcasting room, the training room, uh, a conference room, and that sort of thing. So I just, you know, that was something that came from the P&L review. I shifted and changed it. I also used to sell books. Another quick example. I used to sell, uh, I had a little bookstore. So, you know, we're doing this NLP coaching training. And I figured, hey, there's always these books I'm recommending. This is how entrepreneurs think, right? I'm always recommending therapeutic metaphors and NLP magic demystified and timeline therapy and the basis of personality. Great book for uh, for meta programs or Myers Briggs kind of explanation. And you know, there, there, was, there was a handful of other books that I always recommended um, every every event, and there was like about five or six of them. So I decided one day, I said, why don't I just, you know, I got my reseller's license and the State Board of Equalization, and I went out and I contacted the publishers and I started buying the books wholesale. And here's the deal. When you buy books wholesale, you get about 40% off usually on average. So if the book was $20, I'm paying $12 hard cost for a book. And then if I sell it for $20, then I make eight bucks. But of course, Amazon starts coming in 
and Amazon will sell the same book for $14.90. So I kind of started feeling weird where, again, I, I added up at the end of the year. How much do we sell in books? All the effort of holding an inventory, having a reseller's license, buying cases of books, having them in, in storage, and then kind of hustling these books, you know, trying to, now I want to sell them at the events. And then people, you know, instead of talking about maybe a high level coaching program, they're talking about buying a $20 book or a $15 book. When I added it up, I was shocked to know that I sold less than $500 in books throughout the end of the year. Again, one of those things that I didn't really know, because at the time it made sense. Hey, why not, while they're here, add another revenue stream, right? Like that's kind of how we think. But when I added up the fruit of it at the end of the year, it just wasn't worth the value and the cost of the, the sacrifice, the cost of energy, focus, inventory, etc., and the hard cost, because I sold five or $600 or something, maybe 480 in books, but that was gross. I also had 60% of that was a hard cost, so I probably only made a profit of about $200 at the most on all these books. So again, I just thought, what is the point? So I, I nixed it right away. So look to your profit and loss and say, where can I cut a major expense for next year that I haven't paid close attention to? And where can I shift a revenue stream? Equally, you might look at another revenue stream and think, man, I've made a lot of money here. Why don't I look into this type of lead source more and put a lot more effort into that? So there's specific, um, you know, radio has been very good to me this year. So I looked back at the year and thought, gosh, so much of our, our new clients and students have come from radio. So do you think it's a good idea for me to do more podcasting, more radio? That's why I, I, I fought really hard and I looked hard to get this show syndicated on radio. So it's not just a podcast, it's of course a radio show. And I'm looking for more syndication. I'm also looking to be a guest on more terrestrial or FM AM radio. Um, it was much, much bigger deal than I realized it was. Podcasting also became a really big revenue stream for meeting new people, uh, people coming into our programs, or even just having the exposure to meet other people. Uh, I have some really cool guests lined up for later uh, by next year that I've been working on uh, for quite some time. And as those are coming in, it's like, hey, that's neat. This podcast has allowed me to align with these different guests. And those guests will allow me to align with other people and make other connections and so forth and so on. So all around, it's a very, very good thing. All right, number four, and we'll hit number four and five. Number four, use the time as a, I use the whole month as a content creation month. So again, this is along the lines of vision day, team day, but rather than just visioning something, let's say you had a program or a product. You have a book you want to write. You have a, an audio program you want to record. You have a video series you want to do. Well, why not schedule the production time, the actual sit down and record? Why not schedule that for when you already know the business is slow and you're having kind of a downtime. So I love the idea, again, of um, instead of putting a, a workshop in early December, put a, a week or two days in the one week and then another day or two in the next week and say, I'm going to, these are the video production days or these are my audio days. I'm going to sit down and record this entire seven-part you know, home study program that I've been putting off for the year. Don't beat yourself up about not doing it in May, that's when you're supposed to be out hustling, working, making the thing happen, you know, meeting new people and advertising and, and all that. Schedule during the downtime to do the production work. If you need to write a book, don't try to write five words every day for 10 years. Schedule maybe like three hours a day, like I talked about in the mornings. Schedule from nine to 12 or nine to 11, two hours four days a week, and you do that one week, you do it the next week, believe it or not, pretty quickly, you'll have probably the whole book done. 
If you're interested in books, by the way, uh, maybe I'll do an episode on books. Hit me up on social media, at Matt Browning. You can DM me uh, or you can make a comment on one of these, these podcast posts. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want. I'm there. I'm there. Uh, you can also go to Matt Browning Podcast. That's B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G, mattbrowningpodcast.com. And right there, if you haven't already, by the way, you can subscribe to podcast updates. There's a little button right there. You put your email in, and then every time when there's a new episode out, you'll just see. I, I usually send about once a month, and I'll say, hey, here's what the month looked like, and here's some things you can get access to. But you can also use that and just email me and let me know what you want to hear about. So uh, if you want to hear about writing a book, you, um, you all know if you look in the archives all through August, I just released my new book, The Firebox Principle. And a lot of that, here's something I did wrong. Let me, let me share my mistakes just as well as I share my successes. What I probably should have done is done the bulk of the, the book work in like October, November, December, and maybe launched in January or February maybe. But what I did is instead, it went all around the beginning of the year. So when I was focusing on sales and marketing in the first half of the year, I also had a lot of focus went into the writing of the book and the editing and working with the publisher and doing all that so we can launch the ebook in July, the hardcover in August, and do a book tour in the middle of August. So in hindsight, I probably would have used some of the downtime to do the creative work. So use their downtime to create and produce new content uh, and new products and programs. And the last and least, and I'll let you go for this week. And this is probably, did I say the least? It's the, it's the, mo- it's the most unleased. Last and certainly not least, use your downtime. Schedule it up front on purpose, family time and recharge time. That's right. It's real value. You make real money this way, guys. When you get recharged and you spend extra family time, why not schedule a family vacation? Why not do that winter camping trip? Why not say I'm going to hang out for a week and watch movies and read books and hang out with my loved ones and just have a good time? Why not schedule the holiday party and the extra thing and the visit to the in-laws? You know what I mean? Like, If you want to go visit your in-laws, why do it in the heat of like the, the busy business season and then feel guilty when you don't have time for it or you're overwhelmed and stressed? My suggestion is this. Treat your year kind of like a school teacher would. 10 months on, two months off. Now, I realize you probably can't take a full two months off, but try to get two months during the year. And again, I think the last two weeks in November, and at least the, I'd like to do a week or two in November, and then three weeks the last two weeks of December and the first week of January, I always schedule those almost exclusively off. I might have a call here or there if I can't avoid it, but pretty much for three weeks straight, uh, my birthday week, Christmas week, and New Year's week, I schedule all of those off. I'm not producing new podcast shows. Uh, I'm not in- taking interviews for guests. I'm not putting on workshops and seminars. I'm not doing fulfillment and coaching. Sorry, you can schedule in January, second week. I'm there. You know, I'm not doing any of that stuff during that time. Now, the trick to this, though, is you have to plan it in advance. You can't wait until the time and then just try to quickly like cancel and not do everything. Plan in advance that you know, you're going to backload. So like, I, I had a very busy, like, sep- I had a really busy sep- uh, August, September, October, and half of November was very, very busy. I didn't like how busy it was, but in a way it was good because I got to pack everything into that. 
So now I'm finally able to slow down a little bit at the end of November. And then I'm going to have a busy next week, early December, but that's going to get me right through there. So by the second week of December is done, I'm done too. So plan for it on purpose. Take the time. Be with your family. If you don't have family around you, be with your friends. If you don't have friends around you, um, reach out. Reach out to someone. Maybe the person that you know, you're waiting for someone to reach out to you, maybe you need to reach out to them too. Maybe it's time. So connect with somebody. Connect with the people that you want to spend time with. If you're happy and content hanging out, spending time on your own, then make that your recharge time. Take more baths. Read more books. Go to the park. Um, binge watch Netflix. Like Whatever it is that recharges you, take, so, take a minute and do it and have some fun. Enjoy this downtime. So I hope this was useful for you. Of course, as usual, this was part two of our top 10 strategies to make money and create value during the downtime or during the holiday season. Uh, take me up on these. And again, hit me up on social media. Let me know what you're doing. Let me know which ones work for you. And if you have any other ideas, if you want to hear something else on the show, let me know. If you have a great guest for me, if you're a great guest, hey, never hurts, let me know. Send me a DM uh, on Instagram, at Matt Browning, and I would love uh, to check it out and see if we can make you make it be a good fit. So that's it for this week. Have an amazing, amazing week. Enjoy Teaching Tuesdays. We'll, of course, be coming at you on uh, Friday with a new interview with a on-fire entrepreneur. Amazing, amazing guy is going to be coming your way this Friday. I hope you loved last Friday. I had Brady uh, Patterson on. Brady uh, is the uh, Wildlands adventurer and an online marketer, and we had a very raw, very open a natural conversation about growing up, about mistakes, about successes. I shared a lot of my own personal mistakes and some of my uh, what I went down on my road along with him. And we just had a great chat about what it's like to uh, to get into the world and the business of uh, wildland adventuring and sur- being a survival guy. It was really cool stuff. So listen up to Brady, and then I will see you on a Friday in just a few days. Have an awesome week. Get out there and crush it.